Hey brewers and beer lovers, welcome back to the garage. Uh, today, I am going to probably upset a lot of glass purists. Um, I have two of these large snifters that are my preferred beer glass just because I like the way they feel in my hand. And like everything about enjoying beer is subjective. So kind of default back to um, a philosophy in a, a whiskey appreciation group that I've followed for a while. And their guiding rule is that the best whiskey is the whiskey you like to drink, the way that you like to drink it. And that applies to beer too. So um, I like these larger glasses that fit in my ginormous hands better. Um, and honestly, if we're all willing to tolerate shaker pints whenever we go out, like any glass is better than that. So, um, got a growler of Sawtooth Brewery's Hellas here. Ooh. I've had this beer before, it is delicious. Um, and crystal clear. It is, uh, I believe they're planning on canning it in the near future. I don't know when, but it pours that beautiful, beautiful straw color. Um, white head, it's Usually a little more carbonated than this, but the growler's been sitting for a while. Mm. Uh, but for uh, a beer that is similar to and yet very different from Pilsner, this is a really, really enjoyable version. So, um, hmm. just reacquainting myself with it. Um, got a nice bready sweetness, sweetness to it. Um, got some of that crackery, uh, bread crust, um, flavor, like, Like when you get a white bread, like fresh out of the oven and you eat the heel of it where it's got, instead of just that rim of bread crust around the edge, it's also got the whole end of the loaf has that nice golden brown color. And um, it's not quite toast flavored, but this beer definitely leans in that direction. And then there's 
like a hint of a sweet aroma that I've been trying to figure out what fruit I associate it with, but as I'm tasting it, it's actually a lot more floral. Like it's not a distinctive flower, but it's kind of like if you walk into um, like at a farmer's market where they have a bunch of fresh flowers, like it's that, that kind of aroma and it helps bolster that uh, sweet note that I was getting that I compared to the, the heel of a fresh loaf of bread. And all of that is in this beer. So if you're anywhere that gets Sawtooth beers from Sawtooth Brewery, um, keep an eye out. Uh, it, like, right now it's just on draft. Um, I hope they can it. That would be awesome. So, cheers. Mm. But um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today, like in the, the previous episodes of this podcast, I've talked about kind of things to think about as you're getting started. And I think this is going to be the last episode where I'm talking going to talk about things to think about as you're like before you really start buying things for your brewery like um if you're doing extract beers to get started like a lot of what I've talked about so far you can just kind of roll with but like if you decide you're going to go all in on home brewing um and you're going to buy new equipment and new, um, just new everything or used everything. Um, there's a couple things to think about. Ah, good beer. Um, a couple things to think about as you are in the early planning stages and it's really boils down to just one question in my mind. And that question is, what do I want to get out of the hobby? Like, do I, are, are you getting into the hobby because you honestly believe that you want to be a professional brewer? And so you might, um, set up your brewery a little differently like in a more traditional sense um, like when I first got into home brewing basically everybody had a three vessel brewing setup which is similar to um, what most commercial breweries have where you have a hot liquor tank um, whether it's like in my case for my home brewing setup it's just a kettle that um, I heat up water in that I then transfer into the mash tun with um, which again my setup is a cooler and then I transfer from 
the mash tun into my boil kettle and so um, it, it's a fairly common setup you'll see with a lot of people with three vessels um, a lot of times gravity fed mine ends up be, being gravity fed even though I don't have specifically a three tier like I have a, a workbench similar to this that my kettle that I use for my hot liquor tank is here, mash tun is here, and then the boil kettle is just a burner on the ground at the end of the workbench. Um, and it works great. Uh, there are also um, some people with three vessel systems completely flat, everything's on the same level and they use pumps to transfer. And so like that that's another consideration whether you're going doing this to train to be a brewer professionally or um you like the nice thing about having everything on the same level is it's generally going to be lower like maybe waist level maybe slightly above waist level but you're still going to be able to reach the tops of the kettles to add water and ingredients and all of that stuff um and so it's gonna be a, a lot more convenient whereas even mine i'm six foot eight but by the time i get my workbench burner uh sorry workbench patio block it's about two inches thick burner kettle like it's the top of the kettle is basically at eye level maybe even a little bit higher yeah right around eye level so it's like i'm super glad i don't have to put grain in it or anything like that because it's up high but even putting you know five to ten gallons of water in there if i'm dumping buckets in like i do during the winter so that I can leave my hose empty until chill time um but if I'm putting a lot of stuff in up high like it's awkward and um it causes problems so those three tier setups um are they're they're great it's just an an added challenge um but like if you're not specifically training to be a brewer or where you want to learn to use a three vessel system and you're really focused just on being able to make beer like there's some awesome electric setups now that really are not any more expensive than getting the hot liquor tank, the um, mash tun, and a separate boil kettle, and you know, two burners that run on propane. Um, there are at least two electric systems that you can get for less than four hundred bucks, um, and the like. There's the Anvil Foundry, which their 10 and a half gallon system 
is $370 and like you can't make 10 and a half gallons of beer on it um, but it's big enough that you can make a hefty five gallon batch um, and so there's that system there's the Brewer's Edge mash and boil these are all kind of upgraded electric versions of brewing a bag brewing which is like I've made great beer using brewing a bag techniques I've made great beer um, using a grandfather which is kind of the first version of these electric brewing systems that was commonly available and like there's just a lot of flexibility in how you set up your system depending on what your goal is but like um and even just brewing extract beers to play around with adjuncts and extra flavorings and weird ingredients and stuff like that that's all good too i mean you you can get a lot of really good flavor uh, out of just making extract beer so um in addition to like space considerations for storing all your gear like another thing to to think about is just what you might find enjoyable in the hobby um and thinking about and talking to brewers about ways to accomplish that like there is um i believe the pico brew company is no longer around um which i don't know what all the people who bought a zymatic are gonna do with it now because it required logging into their system to be able to do all the settings and stuff um, but i'm not super familiar with that uh, but if like that was a system that really was targeted at people who wanted to play around with recipes but didn't want to um, have to manage the actual brewing process as much. It was basically you put all your ingredients in the right hoppers and the machine took care of everything else to make the beer. Uh, the, the other electric systems that I mentioned, like the Grainfather, the Anvil Foundry, and um, the Mash and Boil, like those are all still really manual systems where you're pretty hands-on. Like it'll control the temperature while you're mashing and stuff, but you're still doing, you're adding the water, you're stirring the grain, you're hoisting the grain, um, the grain basket out to let it drain on the top of the kettle. You're doing all of, all of the uh, manual labor parts of the process. 
uh, but the the system takes care of the boil and maintaining the temperature if you don't actually want to boil it um, and stuff so that makes that process like those systems make the brewing process more simplified because everything happens in one kettle and so like it's a great option again like even for people who are short on space if you have enough room for a, what looks like a tall five gallon bucket like one of these electric systems would totally fit and one of the other cool things about those systems is that most of the gear required like the chiller the hoses any hoses um and uh like if you have a pump for it and things like that all of that actually fits inside the grain basket so as long as you have you know two well, i guess it'd be four square feet of floor space for storage and then on brew day um, you can get one of these systems and it'll fit in a very compact space you don't have like a 72 quart cooler and a 10 gallon kettle for your hot liquor tank and a 15 and a half gallon converted keg and another burner and a table to put it all on it's all contained in the unit itself so um like the the electric systems really seem to be the best way to go for home brewers that just want to make beer like I, I'm actually seriously considering getting the Anvil Foundry um, since I got rid of, of the grandfather that I had before we moved. I am seriously considering getting that Anvil Foundry 10 and a half gallon system. Um, and one of the cool things about that is it can plug into a regular 110 volt three-pronged wall outlet that most people have or um, to reach boil and higher temperatures more quickly it also has a 200 volt 240 volt option to plug into um, the only drawback to the foundry versus the other electric systems is it doesn't come with a pump they do have an add-on pump, um, but if I decide to pull the trigger on the Anvil Foundry, I am actually gonna get a, a Mark II work pump with a stainless steel head rather than the Anvil Foundry one is. Um, March pumps and chugger pumps both have a, a special plastic that they use for their high temperature pumps the anvil foundry pump looks like it's just regular whitish plastic um, which I wasn't super crazy about 
So I'm probably, if I do it, I'm probably going to get the, the Mark II pump, which is 60 bucks, and then for another 25 bucks, add the stainless steel head for it, and then obviously ball valve and all of the barbs and attachments for hoses and stuff. Um, just because the, that single vessel Brunavag system is super convenient. Um, it's easy to manage without tons of storage space. Uh, and like the technology just keeps getting better on these electric brew systems. Um, there's lots of the big manufacturers also have three vessel electric systems. If you have money to burn, uh, those tend to be really expensive but they're super nice. Um, but then like going, <laughs> jumping back to the start of the conversation, um, if you are really looking to get into home brewing as a practice field or um, getting into commercial brewing, like that three vessel system really might be the way to go just because you're getting used to transferring hot liquids from one vessel to another uh, for just slightly more money than you're gonna spend if you put ball valves and everything on all of your vessels. You can uh, switch over and get tri-clamp fittings, um, like inch and a half tri-clamp is basically the standard for a lot of commercial breweries. There are larger sizes for larger vessels and specific tasks, but like inch and a half tri-clamp all day, every day. Like it'll get you used to how to lock them together, how to deal with the actual clamps. Um, <laughs> my, my biggest challenge is keeping both of the tri-clamp faces lined up while I'm attaching the tri-clamp um, and like just getting used to how to hold it in the right position without holding so tight that every little move you make in your hand takes it off center and makes it harder to clamp. Um, like there, there's so many options you can really get your brew system set up the way that you want to set it up. And like just, I, I don't necessarily think that it's bad to buy twice, but the less times that you have to replace equipment, the better. So that's my thoughts on thinking about what you want to get out of brewing before you get started. And then for the last segment, what's going on in my life? Um, went snowboarding last Sunday and I sprained my ankle again, doing stuff that I've done a bunch of times, just following my son, recording him, hit a bump weird, board went sideways, caught heel side edge, got slammed to the ground, but recovery's going quickly. I'm hoping to at least be out on some of the milder slopes next weekend, but uh, hopefully you have a good beer that you can get at. Hopefully similar to this Hellas from Sawtooth, like this is super tasty. 
also I do work there, but I don't think my opinion is just biased for that reason. Um, but this is a damn good beer. I hope you have something similar or something crazy. So, but I hope you like it. Get out there, brew up an adventure. Cheers.